0: I'm glad that you guys are all with us this morning. I've missed you, and I love getting to see your faces and hear your chatter. Um, I know that with the um, stay-at-home order expiring, some of you are probably wondering when we're going to start meeting again, and so I just kind of wanted to give you a heads-up on that. Um, We've talked to the GDAC, and then Brad and I have talked a little bit, and the GDAC is not going to be ready for us to meet there until after the 1st of June. And Brad and I are more comfortable with around the middle of June. So our target date right now, unless anything changes, is going to be June the 14th to start meeting back at the GDAC. And because of the social distancing guidelines and the sanitation guidelines, and when we start meeting back together, it's not going to be like it was before when we all met together. So they are in the process of drafting guidelines. And then once Brad and I get those, um, we'll kind of look at that and figure out what that's going to look like for us going forward. And um, But just so you kind of know, we'll be doing virtual until then. And then we've got some of our CHULA teams working on some virtual activities that we can do within the body and so not just the sunday morning but to be able to do some breakout things to be able to do some games and just kind of interactive type things throughout the week so you can look for that to be coming as well but if any of you guys have questions about any of that feel free to contact me or contact brad and we'll be happy to and kind of fill you in more on that and Yeah, so I just want to remind you before we get started that if you think of questions as we go along, you can type those in the group chat and we'll have a question and answer time towards the end. So we'll go ahead and get started. This morning, Chad Doty and Lawrence Glenesk are joining us for a panel discussion on feeling distant from God. And so um, before we get started, I just wanted to ask them if they would tell us really quickly how and when did you become a part of Denton Focus, and what are you doing now? So Chad or Lawrence, either one, whichever one of you want to start.
1: Lawrence, you're involved first. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I um my name's Chad, Chad Doty. Uh, I Got involved in Focus at Collin College in about 2008. Um, and then I was there for two years, my freshman and sophomore year. And then I transferred up to Denton with a whole bunch of people um, in the fall when they like officially planted. Um, so Lawrence will mention that he was actually involved before I was there. So that's like the year that um, Paul and Austin and uh, myself and two other people moved up there. Um a lot of the people who've actually been, been, uh, been on some of the sermons and stuff. Um, So, and then I was involved there for two years um, at UNT focus. And um, then I moved back home and was involved in the, uh, the Wiley church. no, The um, Northeast Garland. And then more recently have, have been involved with uh, Northeast Plano or East Plano fellowship.
2: Great.
3: Yeah, I got involved, um, my freshman year was actually, um, I guess, mine and Sandra Salvador's and a few other people's freshman year. And that's the year kind of everything started um, in 2009. Um, So yeah, it was just really exciting to kind of get to grow in my faith and take these things seriously as all of these people like Chad, like flooded into this ministry my sophomore year. And just brought so much wisdom and depth and excitement. Um, So yeah, it was just cool to be like a new, excited Christian as this thing was growing. And then since college, um, I've been working for Focus. Uh, I was at UTD for, I guess, five years. And I've been just at SMU for two years now. Um, Yeah, working on our Focus staff
0: thanks guys we're glad that you guys are here this morning and we're looking forward to hearing from you um, about feeling distant from god so i'm going to start by reading our passage in isaiah and i'm going to read actually verses 25 through 28. so isaiah 40 verses 25 through 28. to whom will you compare me or who is my equal says the holy one Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. So looking back um, at verses 25 and 26, we see this really beautiful description of God calling forth uh, the stars and calling forth the heavenly bodies and calling them by name. And then in verse 27, we see, why do you complain Jacob? Why do you say Israel? And so the first thing I wanted to point out about that scripture is just that Jacob and Israel are the same name for one man, and it's the man that the nation of Israel was named after. And so I think that the point there of um, having those two names specifically is that God is trying to communicate to us that just like he calls the stars by name, he calls his people by name. Like he's not an impersonal God. This is a personal um, conversation with them. This is a personal addressing of the nation by name. And I think that that's important because that's who we are to God. We're personal to him. And then in, uh, right underneath that, it says, my way is hidden from the Lord. And I think this is interesting because he talks about how he keeps track of each one of the heavenly bodies, but he's going to lose track of his own people. That doesn't even uh, make sense. That doesn't even ring true. And then he knows the way of each of the stars and each of the asteroids, but he doesn't know the way of his own people. And I think this is just kind of a way of saying that's pretty ridiculous. Like that doesn't ring true. And then the last part of 27 is my cause is disregarded by God. Okay, so think about that for a minute. My cause is disregarded by God. That's a pretty um, heavy accusation there, and basically what it means is that they feel they're being treated misjustly, unjustly, and that they're being abandoned by God, and they're accusing God of treating them in a way that is inappropriate. Um, And that's totally out of character with who we see God is in scripture. We see God as a just God. He's described as loving and slow to anger and abounding in love. He's just, he's righteous. And so this description and this accusation to God is way out of line with who his character is. But what the people are not doing in this accusation is they are the ones that are disregarding not God. They are disregarding their sin. They're disregarding all the reasons that led to this suffering. um, And it's them that are doing the disregarding not God. And then we get to those two rhetorical questions that we've talked about before. Do you not know? Have you not heard? And that call back to remember who God is, remember what he's done for you. Um, And then we see this beautiful reminder of who God is after that. So that's just kind of an overview of our scripture for today. And I'm going to jump in by asking Chad and uh, Lawrence these questions and you guys can answer in whatever order you want to. So the first one is
2: what do we even mean when we talk about feeling distant from God?
1: Lawrence, I've can you do you want to answer this one first?
2: Sure. Um yeah, I mean
3: when I mean feeling distant from God, um I think it for me at least it is a purely emotional thing. Um I mean I'm probably going to get into the next question a bit, but I I mean, I I think we know theologically God is with us. Um, I think a lot of what I feel like I've learned the last few years is throughout Scripture, and especially the Old Testament, God is always reminding his people, I'm here. Remember when I did this, guys? Remember when I did that? Like, (laughs) I'm still here. I'm still with you guys. Um, But yeah, there really is this tangible feeling again emotional feeling of not feeling close to him feeling like he's abandoned us um i don't know that that for me is what how i would describe it
1: okay yeah so i was thinking quite a bit about this question um and a few things came to mind the first thing that came to mind was was just how i in many ways i feel like our language sets up our per, like a paradigm for how we think about something um and I was uh, listening to a, a lecture by Eugene Peterson, the guy who wrote the message. He's a pastor, theologian. And he was talking about how um, even the questions we ask each other kind of um, create these language traps where we can't really think beyond um, how the question is, is set. So like he even gave the example of, um, you know, how we talk to each other and we say, you know, how are you doing with God? And he said, well, what if we just flipped it around? How do we what if we asked how is God doing with you? Um, because there the the source of the action is reversed and it may be more accurate than how we normally think of it. So um I I, I struggle with the 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 language um paradigms that we have, like this distance metaphor of like closeness versus distance. Um and I, I think a lot of it comes back to what Lawrence was saying, how we commonly think of it in terms of emotional experience. Um but even then, that's kind of weird. Like, what do we actually mean when we talk about feeling close or maybe we talk about um, feeling distant? Um, I, yeah, I think for myself, though, as I commonly understand it, I'm still trying to think through other ways to imagine it. Um, it, it has to do with emotion. So like um, feeling uh, feeling distant would be feeling maybe feeling anxiety or something almost like depression in, a, in maybe a spiritual or even just kind of like purely human sense and then feeling close, might be something people have talked about it like feeling the presence of god feeling peace comfort that sort of thing maybe there's other ways to to think of it as well
0: Yeah, i think think that um it's important for you guys to know what chad and lawrence mean when they're talking about distant from god just because they're going to be talking to you this morning but i think it's also important for you to think through what does that mean to you like when you describe feeling distant from God, what, is, what do you mean by that? Because I think that will help you move forward with answering how do I get out of this feeling distant from God. So I think that's a really important point and really I'm glad you brought that
2: question up to us, Chad. So when do you feel most distant from God? What causes that? I can go. Um, yeah,
3: I mean, this may be a weird one, but I have kind of felt like the last few years, whenever I'm just praying for myself, uh, whenever my prayers have a lot of me, I, um, I don't know, I, I, I feel like I'm just kind of swallowing in my own, I don't know, funkiness. And I just feel like God I don't know that's when I feel the most distant from God and I've noticed in my own prayer life when I focus to the things that he cares about if it's maybe switching to worship switching to pray about other things um, that I tend to feel very close to him um, so I don't know that that was kind of that, that's just the pattern that I've noticed in my own prayer life um, But yeah, I just don't feel close to him when I am praying very selfish, very, um, I don't know, self-focused prayers.
1: Yeah, so if I think about my own experience and and when I might feel that distance, um, there's kind of a preliminary thing. Like I think uh, there's two situations that I might feel distant from God. And then, well, okay, so like there's a preliminary distinction. We might feel distant from God, but for example, when we don't follow Jesus. So if we aren't following Jesus, um, as Christians, we would probably say, oh, maybe we feel distant from God at those times. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I think God can work in a lot of ways. Um, uh, And then there's also a situation where we might be following Jesus, but being in persistent sin. And so like consciously doing things that are against God's will, and then we feel distance from God in those times. But I think what this question really gets at and what I, what I think this conversation is more about is well, what if we're following Jesus and where we feel like we're seeking his will, we're doing what he says, but we still feel distant from God. And so with that particular situation in mind for myself, the, the times I feel, have felt most distant from God have been times when God has um, transitioned me through different life stages. So like specifically like my transition from senior year to freshman year of college, Um, and then, um, more recently, um, from about, I mean, it's a long swath of time, but from about to 2015 to 2020, past five years or so, um, I've just felt incredibly distant from, from God. And, um, there's a lot of reasons for that. I think one of them, well, one, it's maybe hard to even pinpoint it. Like it doesn't even, from, from my perspective now, I can't seem to identify a reason, but I think, um those transitions have have forced me to kind of consider my relationship with God more directly. And then in those moments, um, I've realized how much I don't understand him or or how far I am from his will or something. So um, those times of transition, for me, have been the the times I I felt most distant.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really helpful and because there are some times that we can identify reasons that we feel distant from God. Um, But sometimes there's not, like sometimes I look and I don't see any sin in my life. And I've tried really hard to um, do the things I know keep me close to him. And I still feel this distance from him. And so I think it's uh, helpful to recognize that sometimes we can't identify a reason for that. So the next question is how can this passage in, in Isaiah chapter 40 help you think about feeling distant from God and specifically, what do you think God is trying to communicate in verse 28? Responding to
2: their complaining that my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause disregarded by my God.
1: All right. I'll, I'll give this a shot first. So, um, so I think Leslie, you did a great job kind of covering the, the the context of the passage and how it all kind of flows together. So I really see like verses 21 through 26, uh, really being about God's power and control. He's just kind of asserting his, that, he, that he, well, how is he, um, it's kind of about how his, how his majesty is demonstrated and known throughout the world. So as, as uh, the Israelites look up to the heavens and see the stars and that sort of thing, they know he's in control. And then we have Israel's accusation against God in verse 27. Um, and then, of course, um, God's response, but where we see the irony that, that God does care, he hasn't abandoned his people and that sort of thing. So I think the thing that we can learn from this in verse 28 really kind of begins with 27 with Israel's accusation. Um, so this is where Israel is lament, basically lamenting. They're, they're saying that God has abandoned them um they uh they feel like they their their way is hidden from the lord that they aren't understood um that that there's kind of rampant injustice and god isn't intervening and i find this fascinating because there are so many other kind of counterexamples of lament being um a uh kind of a um what's the word like a good thing so like throughout the psalms like their like laments are are so common where people are Crying out to God, saying kind of what what desperate state they're in, um, and and but I, but I think what's what's different about verse twenty seven is how it differs from like the lament form. So like throughout Scripture, in throughout the Psalms especially, the common structure is kind of to address God to present one's complaint, but then it kind of moves more toward like a confession of trust, asking Him to do certain things, and then usually ending with some sort of praise and thanksgiving and and so when i look at verse 27 what i what i see is is um the speaker isn't um moving beyond well the, the speaker isn't uh acknowledging who god is he's he's not or they the israel um they aren't um moving into that next step in the process of lament um yeah and uh, and i think the the difference with with this versus other laments in scripture, is that usually in, in, in the, the Psalms, um, there will be this uh, kind of this recognition that that God is in control, and and that's the biggest difference there. And so um, God's response, like we see Him kind of calling them out for refusing to see um, what what He's doing in the world. So I don't know. I, I have way too many thoughts right now, but Lawrence, do you, can you help with this, some of this?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> just the overarching thing that I feel like God is calling his people to do is trust him. Um, and I, I mean, yeah, I feel like this has been kind of the theme of the last three years of my life is God trying to like get a hold of me and say, Trust me, like, remember when I did these things in your life? Just trust me, like, I got you. Um, and then, Uh, so about three, three and a half years ago, we started our ministry at SMU and felt really clearly like, oh my gosh, God opened this door. All of these crazy things started lining up and it was like, of course, this is a God thing. Um, and then you get into it and your year in and the excite, you know, the initial passion and like, oh my gosh, this will be so much fun. You're hit with more of the reality of this is really hard starting a new thing. Um, And you start comparing yourself to the other campus ministries like UNT that just grew like wildfire. Um, And mine just wasn't. Um, I had this pretty pivotal moment. It was during Welcome Week. Um, I think it was our first or second Welcome Week. And I was just... Miserable, <laughs> you know. I, I just I was tired. It was hot. I'm by myself. I don't have any students with me. There aren't really any students in our ministry. Um, I'm just kind of out going and doing evangelism, which by yourself can be pretty draining. And I'm just having this prayer, uh, kind of an angry prayer with God, like why why are we doing this? Like, is this really you? Did we mess up? Did we not listen? And and He just kind of brought me back to um, I can't remember verbatim, but, um, I just kind of heard, you know, one of those passages from Deuteronomy five or six, like, um, I'm the Lord, your God who brought my people out of Israel, you know, and just kind of that snapping, like, oh yeah, you, you brought me to this place. You brought me here. You're going to do something. And, and, and even then I spent the next kind of year wrestling with that. And, and I think, Three and a half years in, I'm starting to trust him and see. Oh, yeah, this thing grows, and he's a part of it. Um, but it is really hard um, to trust him when it looks like you know you're in a two-year pit of waiting, and it doesn't look like anything is going to change anytime soon. You know, your my great plans to have a hundred-person ministry just was not going to happen. We were going to have a fifteen-person ministry. And each year it's going to grow incrementally and it has, and this year has been by far the most encouraging one. Um, so don't let me leave you on a, like a sad note. Like I'm so encouraged. Um, but this has just been such a faith building exercise for me getting to see that he really does come through when he says he will.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think listening to you guys and reading this scripture, one of the things I'm reminded of is how important honest prayer is. Um, because God is able, even though they're pretty off base and they're accurate, well, they're very off base in their accusation against God, the fact that they were honest and said that allows God to correct them. And I think that when we're honest with God in our prayers, God is able to correct us. And sometimes He has to correct us with pretty harsh um, discipline, but sometimes He corrects us really gently. And just reminds us again, do you not know? Have you not heard? Have you forgotten who I am? And he reminds us who he is. And so I would say that um, honest prayer is one of the keys here um, to understanding uh, verse 28. I think it's one of the things that it's saying to us. Are there any other scriptures that stand out to you that can help us understand this sense of distance that we
2: feel between us and God?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I feel like my message is pretty one note, but yeah, one of the ones that comes to mind is in Exodus 3. um, God's saying, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Um, and then basically all of Deuteronomy five and six, um, but the key verse, I am the Lord, your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Um, I don't know. This has been like a big shift for me, um, is thinking of faith, not as like an emotional thing, but thinking of it as a historical concept, Um, and I feel like that's what God is trying to lead his people. And I mean, I read these passages, there's a ton of other Old Testament passages that hit on the same thing, but just thinking of faith of God saying like, Hey, remember, like I did this and then 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 I did this. And And because of all of that, you can trust that in your future, I am going to act the same way. Um, and, and so that's been, I don't know, I guess that's been the kind of main theme that I feel like God's been leading me to in scripture the last few years is because I did these things in your past, I am going to do these things in your future. It may be really hard, um, but I'm going to be with you. I'm going to bless you because this is, this is my character. This is who I am. You know me because of history, because of a personal relationship. Um, so yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I think for me, like, again, like the Psalms come to mind just um, in all of them, like both the the ones that are the the darkest as well as the ones that are um, kind of most uh, um, exuberantly praising God. Um, You know, uh, Lawrence was talking about like looking back at history and and looking at those times when God has um, delivered his people or, or made himself known. And, um, and I was thinking about, like, how does that connect with some of the other things I've been, I've been thinking about? So I think, like, um, there's this one place I've been reading through Isaiah, and there's this place in, in the, the translation of Isaiah in the message where this really comes through. So this is in Isaiah 8, 19 through 22, and I'll read it here in a second. Um, but basically, they, um, all, these, all, all the Israelites are kind of looking for God, or they want to see where God is going to uh, to show up, or right? they want him to intervene, and um, and I, what I what I find fascinating about this passage is how basically it points out the futility of human effort to to create closeness with God. Like, our, our us being close with God is always in response to Him, and so whenever, like, I know for myself, like, I identify strongly with um, with Chidi and the Good Place. I don't know how many of you have seen that, but like one of like Chidi's major flaws is he can think himself way out of any, like he can think himself out of anything or like he can solve any problem if he just thinks about it enough and studies it enough. And I certainly don't feel like I'm on the level of like his, you know, Kant scholarship or something, but I I think I have that same assumption. Like if I can just think hard enough or if I can pray hard enough, or if I can, um, you know, study the Bible with enough people or whatever, I can unlock This trick to like feel close to God or be close to God or not feel terrible when I'm like in church or something. So like with that in mind, like I'll just kind of read this passage, but I think um, Isaiah is kind of calling out the people for for believing that they can use these kind of tricks and shortcuts Um, rather than waiting on God, looking back at history. So this is Isaiah 8, 19 through 22. When people tell you, try out the fortune tellers, consult the spiritualists. Why not tap into the spirit world? Get in touch with the dead. Tell them, no, we're going to study the scriptures. People who try the other ways get nowhere, a dead end. Frustrated and famished, they try one thing after another. When nothing works out, they get angry, cursing first this God and then that one, looking this way and that up, down, and sideways, and seeing nothing. A blank wall, an empty hole, they end up in the dark with nothing. And then what's interesting is it moves into chapter nine, where, where it's a kind of this prophetic um, oracle about Jesus, the Messiah, coming eventually. So there's this kind of interesting, like they're going to wait for God, they're going to study the scriptures, and then Jesus is going to show up. And I think there's a similar pattern in our own lives, even if we don't fully um, see God or, or know God in this life.
2: Yeah. And I
0: would just encourage you guys that there are tons of examples in scripture of uh, people that felt distant from God for a time um, for different reasons. And some of it's because of circumstances, some of it's because of sin in their life. And it's just a lot of different reasons. But I think you can be really encouraged when you look at some of those examples like Joseph, um, like Paul, um, David, there are The Psalms are full of um, examples of feeling distant from God. Psalms 40 is one of my favorite, the first three verses of that. So I would encourage you just to do some reading um, and see what you learn from those different examples in Scripture. The last question before we get to some, um, some questions that people have this morning
2: are what encouragement and or challenge do you have for people that are feeling distant from God? I would say trust in your history. Um,
3: And I I mean, I think there's sometimes this warm and fuzzy sense and like, remember what God did. Um, But there was this um, challenging moment where I was, reading I, I i was sharing um with a few of our staff people about reading um gosh it's uh one of jesus's uh things where he's talking about like uh do i not um like look at the birds and you know the flowers in the field do i not look after those things i can't remember the uh the specific words um And I was like feeling kind of warm and fuzzy, like oh yeah, this is a nice, encouraging thing. And someone pointed out, no, like this is a challenging verse. (laughs) God isn't necessarily like, um, or Jesus here isn't kind of like, yeah, I feel really warm and fuzzy about this. It's no, you should, you should know better. (laughs) Um, And and that was a I don't know, just a very challenging thought to me. Of yeah, I I think I probably should know better. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think I should act differently i I don't know i i think it is hard because we are so here you know our, our minds are just so quick we've got so much so many stimuli coming in and out all the time and i sometimes can't remember what last week even looked like um but yeah, I, I think just trying to remember the slow, steady progression of what God has done in our lives and in the, I mean, we've got a church full of people here who we can also look to of, oh yeah, God had changed them, and He changed them and He changed them. Um, and I think those are the things that we need to ultimately trust in, um, yeah, because they're things that God has done. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, as far the two things, one's for an kind of encouragement, and then the other is more of a challenge. So, my encouragement for someone feeling this way would be to know that God is in control of whatever you're experiencing, and not you. And and that, for me, hearing that is like in that moment is pretty depressing. Like, well, why would why would God want me here? Um, this doesn't make any sense. That sort of thing. Um, but uh, I think about this um, this quote by. Uh, Dr. Stackhouse who spoke at winter camp a few years ago, and it's from one of his um, His books or classes and he he says that God will provide what you need to do his will in the world And i'm reminded of that in the times that I feel most distant from god because um, I often don't feel like my relationship with god is what it should be right like I If I was to say what I wanted it to be It would be you know this list of things and this is how I want to feel and this is what I want to know And this is what I want to feel capable of doing and, and if it's not that, then I feel like it's wrong or I'm missing the mark or something. But, but Sackhouse's encouragement is that, you know, if we're pursuing God, then he's going to provide what we need. And, and that may not be what we think we need. Um, and so that might be feeling incredibly distant from him for a time um, or for a long time or forever um, and, still, and still pursuing him. And then the second thing, um, as far as a challenge goes, is to, to wait on God. Um, there's, uh, I've studied the Psalms a whole lot this year, past couple years. And so I was reading um, C.S. Lewis's Reflection on the Psalms, which is this really interesting short little volume that he has. But he talks about something different entirely. He's talking about religious duties. And he says, um, and, uh, when we carry out our religious duties, such as praying the Psalms consistently, I'm, I'm putting that there, uh, we are like people digging channels in a waterless land, in order that when at last the water comes, it may find them ready. I mean, for the most part, there are happy moments, even now when a trickle creeps through the dry beds and happy souls to whom this happens often. Um, so the idea that like our our the way we act is to prepare, like is to, um, I don't know, I think about Jesus, maybe I'm taking this out of context, but he talks about like, you know, the, the virgins trimming their wicks, like being ready for, um uh, the 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 um, the bridegroom like that sort of thing like that's how we seek after God it isn't by doing something but it's putting ourselves in a place we are where we're responsive and then um kind of the the flip side of that is um for those who don't feel distant from God like think about how you can enter into um what your your brothers and sisters are feeling so like just as like those who are like if we're feeling distanced from God, we're waiting're we're, we're praying, we're expectant um, and hoping and, and having faith, but I think there if we aren't feeling that way there's there's a lot we can do um, to do that same thing, to pray through those laments as well to to pray specifically for other people, and then to also be conscious of even on a Sunday morning how some people might feel incredibly. And I know for myself like there was a few times even earlier this year I was at uh at church and my wife and son were at home and I just wanted to leave um I they they weren't there I, I was in a situation where like a whole lot of people didn't know me and so I was like I could just like leave now I could just walk out and I'd feel pretty good about it um and just know that there's a lot of people or there could be a, a good handful of people at your church who feel that way um and so to to think that they're just dodging church because they're lazy or something might really be misunderstanding the place they're in spiritually.
0: Yeah, that's a good reminder, Chad, thank you. So we've got several um, questions. I don't know if you guys are looking at the chat, so I'll read these out loud just in case. Um, But the first one is um, kind of the opposite of what we were talking about in feeling, uh, what it means to feel distant from God. It's kind of how close should we feel to God? And how do we know if
2: we've gotten used to feeling distant or defining closeness to God, or we're defining closeness to God too vaguely.
1: I think so much of this is, um, I mean, I'm just going to take a shot at this, but I think a lot of this uh, really kind of comes down to the person and how they even like process emotions and articulate emotions. Um, So like for me, what's good now is feeling nothing like that's as good as it gets. Like just feeling kind of neutral, not feeling terrible or anxious or, or distant. Um, and like, that's like on, on the average day, that's feeling pretty good. Um, uh, I think, um, I I don't know. I'm still in the process of trying to define some of this. I don't know if I'm answering the question. How do you know? Lawrence, do you have any thoughts on this? I'm still thinking through it.
2: Yeah,
3: I mean, this is a good question. It's hard. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, the one I'm intrigued by is how do we know if we've gotten used to feeling distant or defining closeness to God too vaguely? Because um, I think it is easy to get really used to feeling distant to God, and, and I, I mean, I think much more in terms of what you were saying, Chad, in like a Sunday morning service. I don't know. I I've just felt. I mean, the last few years, it's really easy for me to go in and just kind of go through the motions. And I remember a time where, like, I heard the music and I was like, "Like, let's go worship together. This will be so exciting." And I don't know. Just kind of. I, I think it it really is easy to let yourself. And I say this because I, I feel like I've let myself do this at certain times, like just feel kind of jaded and bored and you just kind of let the negativity or whatever you don't want to engage whatever it is you kind of let that rule you um i don't know it i, I don't know if this is helpful but One of the most helpful things that I feel like I've thought about, I I was in a core a few years ago and we were talking about just coming to core, the value of it and whatnot. One of our guys who, um, Was working on his master's. He's older, uh, in in core with a bunch of freshmen and me. And he was just saying, "Yeah, I've just realized I need to do these things in order to keep myself in a good place. Like I I need this these kind of spiritual disciplines." And and he kind of viewed core that way. Of this is something that will be good for me in order to, yeah, not get in a funky place, not take my relationship with God for granted. Um, I don't know. I was, these are
1: these are hard questions.
0: <laughs> That's a hard question. Chad, did you think of anything else you wanted to add?
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, there's usually a lag when it for myself. <laughs> I'm like, uh, no. Um, I think we we might know that we've gotten too used to feeling distant if we stop caring. If we if we stop praying, those like crying out or feeling anguish or stop feeling anything, you know, or, or, or even um, trying to ignore some of those problems or questions or how we think about that. Um, I, and I think we know that we've defined closeness to God too vaguely if we, um, aren't able to elaborate on what we mean, maybe. So like if, if someone says like, how are you doing with God? it's like, oh, I'm feeling really close to God right now, or I'm feeling distant from God. And if we aren't able, if someone says, "Well, what do you mean by that?" or "Can you can you talk about that more?" If we aren't able to do that, then I think that means we've maybe identified it too vaguely. So, like for instance, if 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 someone said, if I said, "Well, I'm feeling distant from God," and someone asked me what I meant, I might say, "Oh, well, I don't feel like I can understand God right now. Like, here's an aspect of God I just don't get, and here's why I feel like I can't trust him." Well, now I'm getting into more, even if I'm not like more specific about you know, my degree of distance from God. I'm at least putting more concrete language to, um, to what I might mean by distance.
0: And I think a lot of times... That is a sign that we don't want to think more closely about it. Like, I just want to say that I feel distant from God or I feel close to God. And when somebody asks me to describe that, I can't because I don't really want to think about that more. Like, I feel really good about where I am or I feel really bad about where I am, but I don't want to have to think further about that. And and so I think that that's a good sign that we need to spend some time thinking through that. Uh, The next question is, in regards to honesty to God, is there a degree where we can be too honest and just talk about this balance between reverence for
2: God um, and being honest with God? Um, So
1: uh, there's a really good book by Eugene Peterson called Answering God. Some of you may have read it, but it's his reflection on the Psalms and so he talks about how, um, he talks about the imprecatory Psalms, like these Psalms that are just kind of repulsive to us, especially as modern readers, where it's like, um, yeah, just pretty awful things like calling down violence on one's enemies. And, and, and he talks about how like, he thinks these are in scripture for us to give us an outlet for, for those expressions. Right. So like, there's, there's things in the Bible about like, you know, curse my enemies, you know, smash their children upon the rocks, because if we don't get that out before God, then it's going to find other outlets. So like the, like if we think about the healthy way to process some of those feelings, if we don't take them to God, well, how else are they going to come out or how else are we going to like ignore them or something like that? Um, I think that in terms of reverence, like it, it's, we, we can say those things like we can articulate those things. But I think if we're being honest with ourselves and honest with God, we also have to go back to the scriptures and back to community and talk through those things with others. If we're just in the place of like cursing our enemies or being frustrated without seeking God, without going back to, uh, back to him and, and, and praising him in the midst of that, then I think we're only doing like that one part or like proof texting those imprecatory Psalms to satisfy an emotional need without really considering how God wants us to enter fully in relationship with him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have anything to add Lawrence?
3: Not really. I mean, I, I think just kind of on the tail end of that, um, as someone who's only recently, I feel like gotten into the Psalms, I think most of my life I've been like, yeah, not, nah, not interested in that stuff. Um, doesn't sound very appealing. Um, but I don't know. I think the last maybe year or so, I think coming to that realization of, oh, God put this here for a reason. And there are just emotional, real, raw things there that I think, again, like allow us, they give us an outlet to say these things and pray these things. And I don't know, I think give us kind of a guide and a model of, I would say, what is appropriate, maybe
2: hmm. Yeah.
0: And um, I think this is a hard question for what we've talked about so many times is just these questions of balance are difficult to answer because there's not like a here's the answer kind of thing. Um, but I do think that, you know, God knows our thoughts. He knows what we feel and what we think anyway. And so I think the question is, this is my God, like he is creator, he is ruler, he's all powerful. And he already knows what I'm thinking. But what is respectful to him? Can he handle my honesty? Absolutely, he can handle my honesty. And if I need to go back and and repent, then I can go back and repent like that's God can handle that. Um, But I do think that I need to think through who he really is, you know, answer some of these questions. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Like, who is God? And and that can help me determine um, if I'm being disrespectful and uh, if I need to change the way that I'm speaking to him. But I just think in general uh, that God can handle our honesty. Okay, last question. How can one minister to some, someone who is feeling
2: distant from God?
1: Lawrence, do you want to go?
2: I mean, my first thing is a
3: thousand different ways depending on the person. I, I don't know, Quincy, if you want to, I don't know, add any details on that. I mean,
2: but yeah, I, I mean, I would just have so many different approaches depending on the person um yeah no just generally it's just a general question really um
3: yeah I mean yeah I I feel like it could go a thousand different ways because I feel like yeah just the reason for this feeling is so different across the board because you've got kind of people who I I think are more prone to feel guilty and yeah, they've done everything right. They are within God. They just need to actually (laughs) believe the gospel and know that he is there. You've got people who I think are, um, you know, I, I I hear this a lot, like I'm doubting God. I'm, um, I'm feeling distant from God, but maybe there actually is something going on that they are distancing themselves from God or they've allowed, negative emotions to get in there and so i think maybe <clears throat> the response needs to be a bit more of a challenge. I think sometimes they need to re reframe what even are these things that we 're talking about um you know, maybe something has become stale or yeah they 've just gotten stuck in a cycle of thinking um and maybe they need to read something or for most people, I think they just need to get away and go be with God maybe take take a half day or a full day that that's something i've you know i mean the last couple the last year was told Um, because I, I was just depressed and not doing well about a year ago. And, uh, one of my mentors said, all right, well, you're going to clear your schedule one day this week and you're going to go somewhere and you're just going to go pray and be with God. And you need to figure some of this out with him alone. Uh, you can bring a journal and scripture and, and that was really helpful and something that I've tried to point people towards. Just get away from everything. Go be with God. Um. Yeah, you, you, I mean, I don't feel like I came away with a huge revelation, but it was really good for me, you know, to start getting back into
2: some of these healthy practices again.
1: Yeah, um, uh, that's really tough. I, I think, I think making them or, or just emphasizing, and I know I've kind of been coming back to this again and again, but that there's there's not necessarily where there isn't going to be a trick for them to suddenly feel close to God. Like there's way, there's things that we can do that will um, kind of dig those channels for when the water comes. Uh, But I think um, we do a disservice to people when we try to tell them like, Hey, there's this like prayer you can say, and there's these extra things you can do and that's going to help you not feel so bad, or that's going to help. Like, you know, that's going to be the, the magic words that get people to, to feel close. So I think for myself, the, time, the things that have been most helpful have just been consistent friendships. Um, and those friendships, not even like allowing me to kind of talk through things, but not actually like solving them. Um, maybe there's some analogies to like feeling depressed here too or something. But um, yeah, that, that's just been my experience. And I think Lawrence has made a lot of great points, especially his, his experience as a campus pastor.
0: Yeah, I think that um, one of the things that's important to do is to let people know that they're not alone in that, because I think it can feel very much like I'm the only one that feels this way. Everybody else feels close to God and something's wrong with me. And so pointing them to, again, to scripture, to examples of Joseph and of David and of Paul, and um, their times of feeling that way. um, And then looking at scripture for uh, what are some things people did in those times. And um, I think um, one of the other things that I was thinking about that is just the encouragement to not give up, um, that this is not gonna last forever. It may last a long time, but it's not gonna last forever. And so just keep doing what you know. are the helpful things to do? Keep praying. Keep being in the Word. Keep being a part of community. Um, keep taking it to God, and and keep reminding yourself that God is close to the brokenhearted. That He saves those who are crushed in spirit. That if we come near to God, He'll come near to us. So our feeling that He's distant is not necessarily true. That He's distant, like the Word talks about Him never leaving or forsaking us. And so those are just a few of the things that come to mind off the top of my head. And, but Chad and Lawrence, we really appreciate you guys being here this morning and sharing with us. I think that's been really helpful. Um, I want to end by uh, pointing you guys to the screw tape letters, chapter eight. And this is a chapter that talks about troughs and peaks. And I think it's really helpful in thinking through that. And, and I'm going to read just the last part of it and um, it says he talking about God wants them to learn to walk and must therefore take his take away his hand and if only the will to walk is really there he is pleased even with their stumbles and so i think reminding ourselves that god's not looking for perfection he's not looking for a certain um a certain way of being close to him. He's looking for our effort, our desire to want to be close to him. And it says, our cause, the cause of Satan, is never more in danger than when a human no longer desiring but still intending to do our enemy's will looks round upon a universe from which every trace of him seems to have vanished and asks why he has been forsaken but still obeys, and in this case, still seeks to have a relationship with God. And so I just think that's really encouraging. Um, And the whole chapter is a really good chapter about that, and I would encourage you to read it.
4: Can I say one thing, Leslie, real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think to answer Quincy's question, one of the big things is I think we we need to affirm people in feeling, uh, you know, distance from God, because I think At the end of the day, I'm much more concerned uh, for my own um, kind of spiritual life when I'm overconfident or indifferent, as Lawrence and Chad both said, than when I really am experiencing the ebb and flow of closeness. I know in my marriage, if I'm not paying attention, you know, it's easy for me to be, Chelsea and I, to be roommates, but she'll often ask the question as much better at it than I am, you know, I'm kind of feeling a little bit distant from you. And then I have to kind of stop and think about it and make sure that. I'm, you know, what am I doing that communicates that? So I think God has given us this ability to feel close and feel distant as an opportunity um, to gauge, you know, where we're at. And sometimes that is, oh, I'm, I'm wrong about my feeling here. And sometimes it's, oh, the feeling is, you know, helping me discover something. And God is good that way. And, you know, his response in the scripture is, uh, you know, that uh, that I'm not growing weary or tired. You know, if, if anything's happening in the distance, it's not because, you know, I've forgotten or I'm distant from you. Uh, it's because, uh, you know, this is for your good. And even just looking at the prophets and how the prophets themselves, even as mouthpieces of God, uh, feel this sort of distance. Uh, and and um, sadness is, I think representative of how God feels about us a lot of the times in terms of feeling distant uh, himself from his people uh, and wanting them to kind of return. So I think these are all really good things and we ought to affirm them uh, when people feel that way and really use them as an opportunity um, because in some ways it's someone opening up to say, I'm ready for something different and I want to explore this. So I just would say that and thank you so much, Chad and Lawrence. This has been really, really, really great. I appreciate you guys. Spending time like you have to to prep this stuff. So, back yeah, to you. Let's having us.
0: Yep. Let's close out with a prayer. And God, I just thank you for being a God that uh, wants to have a personal relationship with us, and regardless of whether we feel close to you or whether we feel distant from you. Um, that we know you're not going to leave us, and that you can use that in many ways to speak to us and to um, correct and rebuke us, as well as to move us forward in a way that you want us to. Um, We just thank you for uh, this church community that you've given us, and we thank you for the broader church community as well, And pray, God, that you would um, unify us and that we would glorify your name in all that we do. And I just pray that as we go out this week, that we'll live
2: for you and that we'll bring glory to you and that we'll love well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week.